coming to you with words and teaching that will change your life forever. All things that you will ever need in your life, they're wrapped up in the Word. Go for the Word. You need to understand this thing. And when you get a hold of it, keep saying it. Don't stop talking it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. The Bible says in the city of Ephesus, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Can you shout amen? I said the course that I must follow. In the name of Jesus, prosperity is mine. In the name of Jesus, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Pastor Chris, word hearing. Romans chapter 10. <laughs> Woohoo! Fa la la fa la la fa la la fa la la Jai Ulua fa la la Hallelujah Romans chapter 10 Romans chapter 10 I'm reading to you verse 9. Have you seen it? Read it to me. Want to go? Did you see that? Did you see that? <laughs> Let's look at it. He says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that means profess with your mouth announce declare with your mouth the Lord Jesus that that means that Jesus Christ is Lord and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved now that's the way to be saved he says if you will confess with your mouth Say it with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead. He says salvation is yours. Now, he didn't say if you feel anything. You don't have to feel anything. Do you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead? Yes. All right. Say it with your mouth that Jesus is Lord of your life. Jesus is Lord of my life. That's salvation. Really? But I don't feel anything. He didn't say if you felt something. Somebody say, yeah, but that's just the letter. Oh, that's not the meaning of the letter. Killeth the spirit, giveth life. That's not the meaning. Let me explain the meaning when it says the letter killeth the spirit, giveth life. What is the letter he's talking about? The law. When he says the letter, he's not talking about this book. You have to study it in the context in which he presents it. He says the letter, the law kills. 
Why? Because the law, another name for the law of Moses was the law of sin and death. That's another name for the law of Moses. It was called the law of sin and death. The law of Christ is called the law of life or the law of the spirit of life. And Paul declared, he said, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That means set me free from the law of Moses because the law of Moses brought condemnation. In Romans chapter 8 verse 1, he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh. Now that means who walk not after the senses. That means who do not live according to their feelings, who do not live according to their sights, but according to the spirits. How does somebody live according to the spirits? Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirits and they are life. If you live according to the written word of God, you are living according to the spirits. For the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Can you see it now? When Satan tempted Jesus, what did Jesus do? He said, if thou be the son of God, if you are the son of God, command the stones to be made bread. Jesus didn't say, all right, I will prove to you today. <laughs> what did Jesus do? He said, Satan, it is written. He didn't say, Satan, I can feel it. He didn't say, I feel anything. He said, it is written. It is written. When the devil reminds you of your sin, remind him of Calvary. In Romans chapter 6 verse 14 it says, Sin shall not have dominion over you. Sin cannot have dominion over me. I don't have to sin. I can live above it. It does not have dominion over me. Hallelujah. Why? Because, you see, the power of sin has been broken. I do not live according to my senses. I live according to the Spirit. The moment you understand this principle, you will not have to struggle again in your life. Let me tell you what Satan tries to do to you. Listen. Satan is not after making you do wrong. You have to understand this. He is not after trying to get you to do something wrong. Did you know that? Some people think that Satan pushes them to do something wrong. No, that's not his job. He's not trying to make you sin. Young lady, hi. You awake? Yeah, you look like you are. Satan is not trying to make you sin. He doesn't care about whether or not you sin. You know why? Because sin, he is aware. The Bible says Jesus got sin nailed to the cross. Sin has been nailed to the cross. Hey, hear me. 
It's important for you to know this. As a Satan doesn't care about whether or not you sin, because in the presence of God, he knows that doesn't work. You know why? Sin has been nailed to the cross. You say, how was sin nailed to the cross? I'll tell you. Let's look at the book. You ready? Second Corinthians. So you are not having a sin problem. Somebody says, I've been struggling with sin in my life. <laughs> that is not your problem. I'll show you what your real problem is. The moment you settle that problem, sin will no longer be a problem to you. You will realize that you were set free a long time ago. Second Corinthians chapter 5. <clears throat> Read verse 21. One to go. Again, read that line again. One to go. Again. Again. One more time. Go on. Did you notice? He said he had made him to be what? Did he say he had made him to be a sinner? He had made him to be what? Sin. To be seen. He made Jesus seen. Did you, did you catch that? The Bible says Jesus became seen. Our sins were laid on Jesus. He became our sin bearer. He didn't stop there. Our very nature of sin, the very thing that caused us to do wrong, was laid on his spirit. He was made sin for us who knew no sin. That we might become, did you see that, the rest part of it? That we might become the righteousness of God in him. So when Jesus was nailed to the cross, sin was nailed to the cross. Let me show you another thing. Do you remember what Jesus said? As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Is that making sense to you now? He said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so also must the Son of Man be lifted up. How come he typified himself with a serpent? Why? How could he be typified with a serpent? Because when he would be nailed to the cross, he would be seen. The serpent typifies sin and it was made of bronze you remember that the brazen serpent and brass in the Bible refers to judgment and when that was raised up everybody that was beaten of a serpent Moses said if you have been beaten of a serpent look at this one and you will leave some said look 
How can I just look at a brazen serpent and leave? Huh? Go. He died. He said, if you have been beaten of a serpent and you're dying, look at this one. All you have to do is look. It's recorded in his word. Hallelujah. And it's only that you look and leave. Look and leave, my brother, leave. Look to Jesus now and leave. It's recorded in his word. Hallelujah. And it's only that you look and leave. One more time, come on. Look and leave, my brother, leave. Look to Jesus now and leave. They had been beaten by serpents and they were dying but the Bible says they died by the thousands it was a plague and Moses lifted up a brazen serpent he said God says everybody in the camp hear me he said God says if you will look up look at this serpent of brass even though you have been bitten by that venomous beast, you will be healed and you will leave. They were struggling on the ground. Somebody said, I might just try. Let me try. I'm almost dying. If only I could look. And finally, he just got a glimpse of it. He said, oh God, I'm here. I'm healed. And he said to the other one, look. He said, no, I can't look. He said, look, I'm already healed. Come on, look. Moses says to look, look. All you have to do is look. He said, no, 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 that's deception. How can I look at another serpent? I've already been bitten here. I can't look. Oh, please do look. Uh, you're dying. Look, why don't you look and leave? He says, no, I don't think I can look. I I'm dying already. I don't think I can look. And he died. All right, what about over here? Hey, come here. Hey, look. Can you look? Hey, yeah, I I'll try. Come on, look. All you have to do is look and you'll be healed. He says, I'll try. Oh, yes, you're right. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. That's what salvation is all about. Hallelujah. Yep. Don't try to be what you already are. Don't try to have what you already have. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth Jesus as Lord 
and believe that God raised him from the dead, salvation is yours. It is settled. Sin has been nailed to the cross. God's not trying to make you stop sinning. Why? Because he has given you a life that has dominion over sin. It's because you have not seen that life. It's in you, but you have not looked at it. You haven't put it to work. The Bible says, Reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive to God. I'm alive to God. You know what it means to be alive to God? It means to be awakened to the realms of God. It means to be awakened to the holiness of God. Do you do wrong anymore? Oh, yes, you may. Why? Because you are growing. You're like a child taking his steps to walk. You may fall a dozen times. Doesn't make any difference. Listen, when a child is born, he doesn't start walking overnight, does he? But he's still human. And then after a while, he starts learning to sit. After a while, he starts learning to creep. After a while, he starts learning to stand. After a while, he starts trying to walk like others. And then before long, he's trying to walk faster. And then before long, he's trying to run, go with the God. Now, when he's trying to walk and he falls, do you say, now I know you're not a real human being? <laughs> or because a child is creeping, do you say, ah, this child is creeping, this is not a human being, this is a dog? That's why you have to understand when you were born again, you were born with the very nature of God. You are like Him. The Bible says we have been recreated in the image of Him that created us. We are exactly like Him. Are you hearing me? Sin is not your master. The power of sin has been removed from your life. When you do wrong, it's not because you love to do wrong. Can you imagine you have to be tempted to do wrong? Can you understand that? And when you do wrong, there is a provision. Hallelujah. He said, these things I have written unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, if you sin. He didn't say when you sin. Why? Because you don't have to sin. He says, if it happens, if you sin, he says, we have a lawyer. We have a lawyer, a qualified advocate. Are you hearing me? He's the counsel for the defense. Glory to God. He says, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. Not for us only, but also for the sins of the whole world. You know what that Jesus... But look, it's so important. We've got to catch this truth. This Jesus, the Bible says, the same night in which he was betrayed. Got his disciples together. Can I show you something? How important this event was in the mind of Jesus. It was so important that they did not know. Nobody knew when Jesus made the arrangements. Can you see it? He had to make a private arrangement. 
He didn't need anybody to disturb this event. He talked to one of his disciples and nobody knew when Jesus did it. He got to a certain man. He said, listen, I'm coming to your house. I've got something special to do in your house. Listen, Peter, James, John, Bartholomew, Matthew, and the rest of them, they know nothing about it. And Jesus had this dialogue with this precious disciple of his and said, I'll be coming to your house for the Passover. That's the last night I've got here. And I want you to get prepared. I'll let you know the hour. Just prepare a room in your house for me, all right? And the guy said, all right, sir. He said, don't tell anybody. I'll let you know exactly when. Nobody had the record when Jesus discussed with that man. At the appointed time, the disciples were wondering, Master's not talking about, they said, Master, where are you going to eat the Passover? He said, relax. At the appointed time, he called his disciples together. He said, now I want you to go. He had a word of knowledge. He knew exactly where that man would be at that time. He said, I want you to go to such and such a street, to such and such a house. He said, you will meet, you find a man bearing a pitcher of water. He said, when you see him, say to him, the master wants to know whether the place is ready. Because you'll be coming here. Now notice, they did not ask the man his name. The man didn't have to ask them who they were. Because the man knew who they were. So when they said the master, because he'd been one of the disciples, he knew the 12 that used to follow Jesus around. He was one of them in the crowd who loved Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You remember Sons of Consolation? This was one of them. One of the sons of consolation. When everybody was bitter about Jesus and the whole land was filled with bitterness, hatred, unbelief, fear was in the air. It was an hour you didn't know who to trust. Even Judas Iscariot was negotiating the master at a price. Jesus had this disciple he could trust. And he knew this man would not betray him or let anybody know where he was. And he talked with him and prepared. And then the man said, let the master know everything is all right. And Jesus came there secretly with his disciples. That night, tell somebody, say, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Never forget it, brothers and sisters. That night, he sat with the twelve and had dinner. When he was through with the dinner, he took bread and broke it and gave to them. He said, this is my body. And they were looking at him. What was he saying? Peter, his body? Yes. He said, this is my body. He broke it and said, eat it. At that moment, they realized this was not just an addendum to the meal. 
They didn't understand what was going on yet. What's he saying? Then it began to dawn on them when he took the cup. He drank of it. He said, now, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for many for the expiation, the purification of sins. He said, do this in remembrance of me. What is the master saying? Paul was not there. These guys didn't understand what Jesus did. And after the ascension of Jesus, they were breaking bread from house to house without understanding what was going on. They just did it because Jesus said, do it in remembrance of me. So every day they did it without understanding what it meant. But Paul declares, he says, I have received of the Lord. Hallelujah. That revelation, he said the same night in which he was betrayed, he was not there. He got it in a revelation. He saw it in the visions of God. And God showed it to him and let him know the meaning of it. He said the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, eat it. In the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped and gave it to them and said, drink. And do it in remembrance of me. Then he made a very powerful statement. He said, as often as you eat this bread, and drink this cup. You show, that means declare the Lord's death. Till he comes again. He says anybody who eats of this bread. Or drinks of this cup. In an unworthy manner. Shall be guilty of the, the body and the blood of the Lord. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you and many die because they do not discern the Lord's body he is telling us there is a revelation in this thing he says as often as you do it you are declaring the Lord's death what does it mean to declare the Lord's death when you take the communion what does it mean brother Here you are, you've been suffering. Something's been going wrong in your life. Maybe family members have been dying. You come to the point in your life, you say, I've had it. It's enough. I've had it. You know what? It's time to break bread. The things that don't seem to be working in your life. You say, what is all this? It's time to break bread. Why do you break bread? He says, as often as you 
eat this bread and drink this cup, you show. The Greek word means to declare, to reaffirm the Lord's death. You are actually saying, that man died in my place. I have no business being sick or being afflicted or being defeated. I refuse to be poor in the name of Jesus. And you know what? When you take that cup, you are saying, his blood washed me as white as snow. You are remembering the cry in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, though your sins be as skeletons, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Maybe you feel condemned in your life. Maybe there's something you've done that just wouldn't go away. You find yourself praying and praying and praying, it just wouldn't go away. It's time to break bread. That time, you've got to have that bread and have that cup. His body was broken for me. And you go. His blood was shed for me. For the remission, the removal. You know the meaning of remission? It means to take away, to blot out, to remove, completely wipe away. One of the problems a lot of people have today is sin consciousness. The consciousness. That's what the devil uses against a lot of people. I said he doesn't care whether you sin or you don't sin. All he wants is to give you sin consciousness. Sin consciousness is more dangerous than sin. When you believe you are just not good enough for God, when you believe there's something more you need to do, you're in trouble. Brothers and sisters, there is nothing more you need to do. You cannot make God love you more. How can I make it strong enough for you? He cannot love you any more than he did when Jesus died for you. He can't love you more. You can't get him to love you more. He's a greater love at no man than this. That a man should lay down his life for his friends and he has done it. What should you do now? Act on his love. Act on his love. Take advantage of his love. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 With that understanding, you just walk out of bondage. You just walk out of fear. You just walk out of pain. You just walk out of poverty. You just walk out of it. You just walk out of it. You just walk out of it. You walk out of condemnation. It requires no extra prayer and fasting. You just walk out of it. You just declare who you are in Christ. Somebody says, is that all? <laughs> 
then what did he mean when he said as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness all you have to do was look hey let's look at the woman in the Bible Jesus is somewhere sitting there's a crowd running ah, the master raises his head the hundreds of people after one woman they are running after the woman and she's running 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 finally she gets to where Jesus is and she's panting and the rest of them come they find Jesus and they feel like yeah we've gotten him so they surround him and they say all right rabbi we caught this woman in the very act of adultery the law of Moses says to stone her to death what do you say you know what they have their stones read the Bible they were holding their stones they were ready to fix him and the woman too so they said the law of Moses says to stone her to death what do you say <laughs> Jesus was writing on the ground I love Jesus he was just They said, Master, waiting. He said, anybody among you that has not sinned should cast the first stone. And then he just went on right. And you know what? They were. Jesus was still riding. The woman was waiting. She was saying, <laughs> and Jesus raised his head. He said, Where are your accusers? She said, They are gone. Jesus said, Nobody has condemned you. She said, No, Lord. I love what Jesus did. Now, don't you think this was the right moment for Jesus to say, yeah <laughs> I want you to know I'm the only one who can condemn you as the son of God I want you to know you have seen and your sin shall find you out wasn't that the right time for Jesus to prove himself that he was more righteous than everybody you know what Jesus did he looked at this dear woman he said woman neither do I condemn you hey don't you get me wrong now some people say even Jesus was not sure of himself he couldn't cast the stone that's not why Jesus loved her and said woman I do not condemn you go and sin no more let that woman go what about the law of Moses? Didn't he say stone out of death? How 
could you let her go? Jesus, you're messing up the law of Moses. Let her go? Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Hey, what is he telling you? Can I tell you? Jesus is letting us know there is no sin that God cannot forgive. If Jesus does not condemn you, you are free. The Bible says, whosoever the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. He said, go and sin no more. Don't go back to sin. He says, I set you free. Don't return to sin, but stand up tall. There's life in you. The nature of God above sin. The nature of righteousness that makes you white, as pure as God. Hallelujah. Because you have his purity. You have his righteousness. You have his nature. His blood has purged you. Tonight, as we take the communion, when it's time to take that cup, I want you to remember every uncleanness in your life is taken away. Every uncleanness. I tell you, there's power, there's power. There's an anointing. In the Old Testament, he said, you shall put the blood on the doorpost and the lintels of your house so that when the death angel comes to town, when he sees the blood, he will pass over you. Hallelujah. When you understand the blood that was shed for us, the darkness cannot stay in your house. Are you hearing me? The darkness cannot remain in your life. It cannot remain in your home. Tonight you're breaking bread and you're taking charge of your whole family. Because of that covenant. Hallelujah. Everything that is not of God in your life, today you will cancel it by yourself. You see, that blood speaks of oneness. I told you, don't wait for God to fulfill his word in your life. You are the one to fulfill the word in your life. You are the one to bring it to pass. Why? Because you remember God saying to Moses? He said, Moses, stretch your hand over the sea and divide it. He didn't say stretch your hand over the sea and I will divide it. He gave Moses the credit. What is God saying? He's saying to you, Whatever change you want to effect in your life, in your family, in your home, in your job, in your finances, whatever change you want to effect, go ahead and do it. Remember, the blood makes us one with Jesus. The Bible says, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So we are one spirit. So the Bible says, we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. One together with him. 
The Bible says, don't you know that your members, oh boy, this is one of those revelations of God's word that a lot of God's children have never understood. He says, the members of your body are the members of Christ. Let me explain that to you. He is telling you in that scripture that your hand, this hand, belongs to Christ and is a member of Christ. This one is a member of Christ. Do you understand? He says, how can you give the body of Christ? He's talking about your physical body. He says, how can you give the body of Christ to become a member of a harlot? In the same way, if you will not accept to give your body to a harlot, to become one with a harlot, do not give it to cancer. Do not give it to disease. Do not give it to sickness. Do not give it to HIV. Don't give it to any kind of pain. Why? Because it is the Lord's body. Your body has become the Lord's body. Hallelujah. You know, as we're sharing now, there is an anointing. There is an anointing. There is an anointing. Glory to God. There is an anointing, an anointing of the Holy Ghost that's working right now. Hallelujah. I said the anointing of the Holy Ghost is working right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, glory to God. The anointing of God is working now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fear is defeated. Can you say amen? amen. Poverty is defeated. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Lack and want are defeated. Amen. Sickness is defeated. Amen. Glory to God. just heard was produced by the Lovell Tape Ministry. For more information, please contact Lovell Tape Ministry. Post office number 13563. Email address cec at christembassy.org or better still, you can find us on the web www.christembassy.org. God bless you.